oneness. Hi everyone, I'm Christopher Kakuyo Sensei, and I'm a Sensei of the Salt Lake Buddhist Fellowship. We are an independent, transsectarian, all-inclusive American Sangha in the Mahayana tradition. The Way of Oneness podcast is a collection of our Dharma talks, delivered at our Salt Lake City Fellowship Sangha. Enjoy the Dharma talk. So I want to share today some ideas about confession, repentance, and forgiveness within a a Buddhist context. So I want to start today's talk by giving a shout out of thanks to Joshua Pat Valen, and she's the abbess at the Chapel Hill Zen Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, because she gave me some of the mortar to build this Dharma talk. And I want to begin this Dharma talk with a prayer of forgiveness. And you may have seen one of the prayers posted by Lauren Mazur on the Facebook page. And I love it when she posted it because she had no idea of what I was going to be talking about for today's Dharma talk. And it tied right into what we were going to be sharing. Now, many times when I'm preparing a Dharma talk, I simply ask for one and then wait and listen. And I really think that that act of offering, the act of offering my presence and openness to life helps. Now, don't get me wrong, there's still work and reflection that goes on in the Dharma talk. What I'm asking is more direction. The original prayer and aspiration that I was going to share was one that I sometimes do in my morning meditation, or to more accurately and give a little bit of a confession, my sometimes morning meditation. And the prayer goes, All my ancient twisted karma, from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. That's part of a daily recitation. But for this talk, I like the following one. And I've forgotten all about this prayer until Lauren had posted on Facebook. If I have harmed anyone in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through my own confusion, I ask for forgiveness. If anyone was harmed, who has harmed me in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through their own confusion, I forgive them. And if there is a situation I am not yet ready to forgive, I forgive myself for that. For all the ways that I harm myself, negate, doubt, or belittle myself, judge, or be unkind to myself through my own confusion, I forgive myself. End quote. So let me read it one more time and really listen to it. If I have harmed anyone in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through my own confusion, I ask their forgiveness. If anyone has harmed me in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through their own confusion, I forgive them. And if there is a situation I am not yet ready to forgive, I forgive myself for that. For all the ways that I harm myself, negate, doubt, belittle myself, judge or are unkind to myself through my own confusion, I forgive myself. Now, this is an expression of an aspiration for non-harm. 
for tenderness and kindness for others and ourselves. And this is an important part of an awareness and meditation practice because one of the first things you will notice as you become serious about your practice, when practice becomes more than a hobby that you love doing, when you have enough sleep, when you're not feeling sick, when you're not pissed off at your family or our current administration, or a culture that would put convenience and profit in front of saving our planet, when you make your life your practice, one of the things you begin to realize is what an asshole you really are. <laughs> and that is hard. You aren't really an asshole, but you are an asshole. And we'll get back to that later. <laughs> But I do love this quote, this old quote. All the good I would do, I don't. And all the evil I would not, I do. Doesn't life feel that way sometimes? For most of us, the idea of confession and or of repentance is more a part of the tradition we were born into than the one we have found our home in. And in some ways, this idea is what differentiates Buddhist practice from simple mindfulness practice. In Buddhist practice, the practice and engagement of ethical actions is found in the five precepts, and these five precepts are considered prerequisites for effective meditation practice, and our engagement with them can transform our engagement with the world. At the heart of the Noble Eightfold Path of the Buddha is ethical action. Now, for some of us, myself included, the word repentance, even more than confession, is a trigger word for me. It brings back those feelings of continual unworthiness I felt in my previous tradition, the shame of not being good enough. The endless feelings of shame, guilt, and not measuring up. My need to repent because I have offended God by some action or inaction. I was sinful at my core, is what I was taught. So here is one important thing to remember. In Buddhism, there is no sin per se. When you see references to sin in any Buddhist text, what they're referring to is ignorance, not evil, not unworthiness. Evil is not the fabric of our hearts. What causes our suffering and our unskillful and sometimes hurtful actions is not a disobedience to God's will, but our ignorance of what is real who we really are, and what reality is. The triggering from my previous experience of this continual guilt and shame gave birth to an unskillful and equally harming reaction, and that was guiltlessness. My shame was so deep and painful that I found an escape. I just didn't feel sorry for anything or anyone, especially since there was no God per se to confess to or to offend. It was liberating, but it was problematic. But here's the thing. 
The shame didn't go away. It just hid under a callus of pretending to not care. The shame of my actions, or that I am not affected by these actions, were just ignored. It was a willful ignorance. But isn't this willful ignorance the very thing we are aspiring in the Buddha way to be free of, to be liberated from? I appreciate this from The Practice of Forgiveness by Joshu Patvelin. Quote, When we push a part of ourselves under a rug, or fight it, or feel punished by it, we close off from our wholeness of being. The more we can become aware of, accept, and develop a caring attitude to all the aspects of ourselves, no matter how difficult or shameful some of these parts are, then they can join us in our endeavor to wake up. When all the parts of ourselves are supporting our practice, we'll have a much fuller consciousness to practice and wake up. End quote. Our willful ignorance, our keeping ourselves closed off from living in the deepest sense, is the very thing we are aspiring for and to be liberated from in our practice. No matter how many minutes we sit on our cushion, or how many retreats you attend, or how many books you read by so many masters, until we are willing to do this, we will be hindered in our practice. We will be hindered in waking up. Awareness practice is not just breathing in and out. It is not just noticing the breathing of your lover or the Dharma talk of a meadow of wildflowers. It is also going down in the muck and mud of all of who you are, not just the curated part of who we are that we put on Facebook. Our aspiration to forgive and to be forgiven is at the heart of acceptance of who we are, of others, of who they are, as they are. It is the heart of come as you are, the heart of Namo Amida Butsu. An interesting thing to note is that in the Pali collection of the teachings of the Buddha, shame is seen as a good thing. The first time I saw that, it was, what the, huh? But the Indian conception of shame is very different than our pathologically inherited, sick, powerlessness of the shame that we are talking. This is more of a regret or an embarrassment if we were seen not living up to what we know as our best. I appreciate this from Thupten. Chodron, she's the abbess and teacher from a Tibetan tradition. She teaches this about regret. Quote, regret is not guilt. It's important to differentiate these two. Regret has an element of wisdom. It notices our mistakes and regrets them. Guilt, on the other hand, makes a drama. Oh, look, look what I've done. I am so terrible. How could I have done this? How awful is this? Who is the star of the show when we feel guilty? 
me. Guilt is rather self-centered, isn't it? Regret, however, isn't imbued with self-flagellation. Deep regret is essential to purify our negativities. Without it, we have no motivation to purify. Thinking about the suffering effects our actions have on others and on ourselves stimulates regret. How do our destructive actions hurt us? They place us in negative karmic seeds on our own mind stream, and these will call us to experience suffering not only now, but in the future. End quote. I really love that line. The suffering effects of our actions on others. That's a good line. It's amazing how often and how often we spend time thinking of the injustices of the other. What they've done to us. The injustice of the world and what it has done to us. It is so easy for us to judge another. But how much time do we take doing an inventory of our own actions? And wouldn't that be the heart of an awareness practice? Seeing ourselves as we really are. And I love this from, the, from also from the Pali. That we are heirs to our deeds, be they good or bad. They are from where we are born, the womb from which we are born. From the perspective of karma, just because I don't feel guilty has nothing to do with the skillfulness or unskillfulness of my actions. Okay? I can feel totally justified in my unskillful actions. But that does not change that they are unskillful in nature and will bring suffering. What then changes our unskillful actions? When we open ourselves up to feel, when we stop fabricating our own self-justifications, our own reasoning to keep on doing what we are doing, the great karmic hindrance of the modern world is our addiction to convenience, to our comfort zones. So there is a need for us to feel some kind of regret for our unskillful actions. Without it, we have no motivation to purify because it's so much easier to do what we've always done. So there's certain things I do. I do semi-regularly. And I look at them. And I go, this is really unskillful. And guess what I do? I still do it. I still do it. I mean, and even worse, I consciously do it. You know, some of us, we do it out of ignorance. We don't even aware that it's not skillful. We're just so used to doing it. I go, yeah, no, but I like it. And I'm like going, man. I think I just confessed something, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, but it's true. I've been thinking about that. And this is the one of the things that I love about, about the Buddhist practice. And also the Buddhist practice of precepts is they're not prescriptive. In the sense that if I don't do it, I'm a bad Buddhist. They are something that we engage with. That become a part of the fabric of who we are. 
but they only become the fabric of who we are as we engage with them, and it becomes what we want, not something that's forced upon us by some structure or some belief system. It has to be internal. I am. I want to strive for goodness and virtue because that's who I am. I want to strive for goodness and virtue, not because Ty told me I had to. Does that make sense? Because it's different. When we do it out of the nature of our being, then there is so much light in it. And there's so much power in our actions. And I think that's kind of the heart of this talk, is, is what does it mean to feel a healthy sense of embarrassment that I know better? And if X or Y saw me, they'd be going, really, dude? Hmm, interesting. That makes sense? And sometimes it can be hard for me to feel a certain way. And sometimes we do that because we don't want to feel it. How many of you take a plastic straw because it's convenient? Come on, we all do. How many of us made the out there said, hey, I got I got metal straws at home. I got a coffee, I got a coffee mug and water mugs at home, and I forget them, and I get a single what am I doing? I should feel some shame for that. It should be a little embarrassing. I shouldn't beat myself up. I shouldn't think I'm a horrible person because it's not prescriptive. But it's it's an engagement with it. It's a sensitivity to what is really important to us and to our practice. So to say that I'm feeling regret for some unskillful action, and since there is no theistic God in Buddhism, who do I confess? Keep it simple. Let's start with ourselves. I want to take something from Dinasaro Bhikkhu, who's written about forgiveness, and I want to take a quote that he gave and shift it a little bit. So here's a quote that he came up with. He says, when you forgive me for harming you, you decide not to retaliate, to seek no revenge. You don't have to like me. You simply unburden yourself of the weight of resentment. End quote. How about we use that same teaching, but we change the focus and direct it to forgiving ourselves? Now listen carefully to the difference. When you forgive yourself, for harming yourself, you decide not to retaliate, not to seek revenge against yourself. You don't have to like yourself. You simply unburden yourself of the, the weight of resentment or shame. So last winter, I was able to participate in a retreat developed by Joanna Macy, who's an amazing Buddhist teacher, Buddhist practitioner, and environmental activist. And during the retreat, I was able to feel the depth of some very ancient and not so ancient shame for things I had done and things that I do. In my regular practice, never ever feel it. But in this retreat, I was given the gift of being able to go there. And I was, I was shocked that I had so much still hidden inside. I wept 
from the depths of myself that I had long abandoned, ashamed of how much I hurt and of those I have hurt in my life. I wept and I wept, and Bond was there to see it. And that long lost authenticity was reborn in the tears in that room. Tension Reb Anderson teaches that confession of wrongdoing is an act of awakening. Confession of wrongdoing is an act of awakening. What does that mean? The way I see it, it is the fulfillment of our practice of Namu Amida Butsu. Here I am, just as I am, with all my unskillful actions. My aspirations to do no harm is endless, and so is my practice of the vow, even though I fail more than I would. Here I am. We do not need to confess to a priest or to a deity, but we do need to be honest with ourselves and with those and to those we have harmed. In our tradition, confession, repentance, and forgiveness is all about relationships. It's about our interdependence and our invitation to come as we are, and us taking up that invitation. Here I am. This is who I am right now in the flow of now. Here you are. This is how you are in the flow of now. We together are ordinary human beings. And if I have harmed you, anyone, in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through my own confusion, I ask your forgiveness. If anyone has harmed me in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through their own through their own confusion, I forgive them. And if there is a situation I am not yet ready to forgive, I forgive myself for that. For all the ways that I have harmed myself, negate, doubt, belittle myself, judge or be unkind to myself through my own confusion. I forgive myself. And I say, Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu. Okay, let's turn to our last part of our practice manual. May the merit of this ceremony adorn the Buddha's pure lands, bring forth the fourfold kindnesses, and relieve the suffering of life's paths. As we leave and conclude this gathering, we surround all people in all forms of life with infinite love and compassion. May the sound of this bell ring throughout the universe, awakening all beings to joy and equanimity. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be happy. May all beings be safe. May all beings awaken to the light of Amida Buddha. May all beings be free. Namu Amida Buddha. Namu Amida Buddha.
Thank you for listening to our podcast. The Way of Oneness is produced by the Salt Lake City Buddhist Fellowship, an all-inclusive, trans-sectarian American Sangha in the spirit of Bright Dawn Way of Oneness Buddhism. To learn more about the Fellowship, please contact us at saltlakebuddhist.org. Our website will give information about meetings and other services that we provide the community. Again, thank you for listening.